Trying to score from the plug today I sure could use a shot Zannies are helping but I need more Guess I'll smoke some pot I'm about to go insane Sometimes I need to go where everybody does cocaine And we always find a vein I want to fix and do some blow The troubles will go away I want to be where everybody does cocaine You should you dope, I'll smoke some crack Junkies are all the same I want to be where everybody does cocaine. episode of Dopey is brought to you by our very good friends at Oro Recovery, located in sunny Southern California, created by Bob Forrest and his friends, Evan, Jared, and Bob. Their mission to create a treatment that uses connection and compassion rather than control to help an alcoholic or a drug addict achieve sobriety. From what we understand, they do a good job. Everybody that we know that has been there has only said good things. They have decades of experience in treating co-occurring mental health disorders, including SMI. They have amenities you wouldn't believe. Fucking equine therapy, sound bath meditation, the potentially spiritually transformative sweat lodge. Everything I know about Oro says it's amazing. If you're fucked and you're willing to go to sunny Southern California to get help, go. Go to ororecovery.com. Check it out now. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by our very good friends at Sober Buddy. What is Sober Buddy? Sober Buddy is an app on your phone to help you get and stay sober, but it is so much more. It is a community. It is, I think, seven Zooms a week now, maybe eight. They talk about topics like we talk about topics, drugs, addiction, and dumb shit, because I do a Sober Buddy Zoom on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Their app has really, really been developed a lot. They have a sort of social media style feed where people check in with their status and with ideas and seeking help. They have communities around a million different topics from LGBTQ to relapse to alcoholism to sobriety for men, women, you name it. 
Check them out at YourSoberBuddy.com. It's available at the App Store and the Google Play Store. They have a free trial. Sign up, come to our Zoom, and check out Sober Buddy. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by our very good friends at Sober Link. We need to talk about alcohol recovery in the workplace. Talking about sobriety and proving it to your employer can be so difficult, and our friends at Soberlink want to help. If you need a reliable way to present documented proof of sobriety to a boss or loved one, Soberlink can help. Soberlink is a high-tech portable breathalyzer system that uses facial recognition technology to verify identity. It has unique sensors to ensure that no other air sources are being used and sends results directly to your specified contacts. So there's no questioning whether or not you took the test and whether or not you altered their reporting. This is why Soberlink's remote alcohol monitoring system is considered the gold standard. Being in recovery from alcohol does not define the future of your career. Let Soberlink help. Learn more about Soberlink and request an exclusive 50 bucks off promo code by visiting Soberlink.com slash dopey. That's www.soberlink.com slash dopey. Hello and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and other dumb shit. My name is Dave. I'm at home. I'm in the dining room. My legs are stretched. It's raining. Winnie's sleeping on the couch. She stinks. Life is good, I have to say. I have to watch it because people get annoyed when I say I'm doing good, which is fair enough because I, I get annoyed when I hear about other people doing good. Look for it soon on Patreon. We're going to have a show on Patreon. We're going to have another Raytreon show on Patreon, which is, of course, with Ray. The new Patreon show we're working on is the Hatreon show, where we're just going to talk about things we hate. So look forward to the Hatreon show coming soon to Patreon. Also coming soon to Patreon, we have uh, little bits and pieces from the show that we cut out of the show. So look for a Fentanyl J story that he didn't tell on the New Year's show, and look for uh, new clips on Patreon. Sneak never-before-seen or heard bits of the show. So that's that's exciting. Exclusive material. And, of course, with Patreon, you pay... You know, it's sad that I have a $2 tier. I think I'm going to eliminate the $2 tier. So let's say we have a $5 tier. And, the fi and if you want to give two, give two. But the $5 tier is you come to the Patreon Zoom once a month, usually the last Saturday of every month, which is a lot of fun. You can win prizes, talk to dopes, which you can do anyway. But we have fun, hang out. You also, for the $10 tier, you get stickers, tons of stickers. For the $15 tier, you get socks and stickers. But most importantly, there's content. We're putting out videos. We're putting out audio. There will be incredible new Patreon stuff coming out soon. Go to www.patreon.com to support the show. So if you're looking for a way to support the show, you can do it like that. Also, $15 members of the Patreon world could get a giant dopey candle instead of socks. It's your choice. I'm extremely excited about today's show, I have to say. We have a dopey legend 
who's not like a cultural dopey legend, but he's actually a legend in the world of dopey, in the doposphere, if you will. He's a New York City graffiti legend, but he's a dopey legend because me and him were connected. And I'm going to let you hear his story when he when he comes on. But just be excited. This this is a dopey gem, if I do say so myself. The dopey hotline is out there. I haven't been pushing it. It's 631-699-5142. If you call the hotline and you want to leave a voicemail there, it's only a 30-second time limit. If you want to do a proper dopey story, just record it on your phone and send it to dopeypodcast at gmail.com. The winner gets socks or maybe even a candle. This person right here definitely gets a candle or socks, whatever they want. This is like one of my favorite email voicemails I've ever gotten. It is from a woman named Sally, and she writes, Yo, Dave, I just want to send a quick note of deep appreciation for the work you do for our community. I fucking love Dopey Podcast to an embarrassing degree. It's super weird to adore a family. Linda is the shit and a whole nation of people that don't know I exist. But here we are. I started listening a few years ago and would listen here and there and thought the podcast was stellar. But it kind of just stayed woven among the threads of my daily listens of music and speaker tapes and other less amazing podcasts. One day I decided to give it a listen from episode one and holy fuck, my whole life changed. Dramatic? Totally. But for real, I literally couldn't stop listening from that moment on. I tried to explain the addiction to the addiction podcast to my husband, also in recovery, but just can't get it for some reason, by saying it kind of felt like I was just hanging with my homies. He said I must have had assholes for homies when I was using. Ha ha ha. Uh, nah, but really, I love the way you and Chris related. Hard truths, no sugar coatings, anything. Tough love, you know. I miss that fucking guy. Anyway, I just wanted to send in a voicemail for a while, and I decided to get it done today. I haven't listened back to myself, so it's probably low-quality dopey. But if you like it, play it. If not, no harm done. I guess it just makes me feel better to put my name out there uh, a little so the friendship we have in my mind is a little less one-sided. Ha, ha, ha. Stay strong, dopey nation, and fucking toodles for Chris. XO Sally. Um, and here's Sally's voicemail. Thank you, Sally. Here's the voicemail. Hey, Dave. Um, hey, Dopey Nation. My name is Sally. I'm in North Carolina. Um, I don't know. I've been thinking about sending in a voice memo for a long time, but have never gotten around to it. So, here I am, um, and just wanted to give a fucking shout out, man, to, I guess, the Dopey Nation, because I just realized, like, how fucking weird I felt to love Dopey so deeply, and I'm finding out that I am not the only fucking weirdo, man. Um, it's crazy, because, like, you know, there was like almost some shame attached or something that was like similar to like hiding in my addiction but um but I was a little bit more vocal about it and so I'm finding out that uh yeah we weirdos stand together dude um so deeply appreciate this community of of fucking strangers um 
yeah anyways I thought maybe uh, I'm gonna try to make this quick okay I wanted to hit you with a little bit of dopey um yeah I've been clean for a little while but man uh since 2016 but um but I used to just get so fucking stupid I was um a uh an addict to just more um is what I hear a lot my drug of choice was more uh but definitely did fucking loved uppers loved alcohol loved meth loved coke um anyway so one time I was in high school and I had transferred schools and I hadn't made all of my credits that were required. I went from this private school to a public school and we didn't have shit like health education in private school. Um, we didn't have sex ed and shit like that. And so I had to do this sex ed class with like all these freshmen when I was a senior to complete my credits to be able to graduate and one of the things was those new robot dolls and I uh you like had to take the robot doll home and they would cry and you would have to like put a bottle to them or they would like fuss and you would have to you like put this key in their back that was like supposed to you know represent you know comforting them or whatever and the keys were very specific to the doll so one time um I had to take this doll home for the whole fucking week and you know I or like weekend whatever a couple of days so I went to this party and I smoked a bunch of crack and I was fucking so high carrying this fucking robot doll around. And of course it started crying. And I had this key on my wrist and I just like kept shoving the key in the back and it wouldn't fight, it wouldn't stop and it kept screaming and it kept crying. And I was like trying to shake it. I'm like sitting in this fucking party high out of my mind trying to calm down this robot and so I finally go home my parents wake up and I'm fucking just yammering my mouth is going crazy and I'm geeking out like I can't fucking calm this doll down so I had to call my substitute teacher at fucking three o'clock in the morning and she told me how to kill my robot she told me how to how to stop and anyway I ended up it was like somehow I had switched a key I don't even I I don't even know it's a fucking mystery I didn't have the right key and uh and so yeah I had to kill my robot when I was high on crack and uh and I still got a C and um that was that was my story (laughs) anyway man I don't know you can play it. You don't have to. But I fucking love Dopey, and I appreciate the whole nation. Um, and uh, I'm one of those freaks that got into it late but listened from the beginning. Um, so my heart broke really recently for Chris and for you and for the whole fucking universe, dude. Um, he was special. Uh, but you are, too. Uh, the whole nation is um Real happy to be a part of it. Thanks so much. And stay strong. Fucking toodles.
Sally, you got it done. Anybody who heard that email voicemail, that's how you get it done. A little praise for Dopey. Fucking killer Dopey story. Robot crack baby. So good. And, and, and I appreciate you understand what we're trying to do. This is a show by weirdos for weirdos. So thank you, Sally. And fucking write me. You get socks or you get a candle. Your choice. Write me at dopeypodcast at gmail.com. Anybody who wants to uh, get a voicemail or an email on the show, write me at dopeypodcast at gmail.com. And Sally, do you go to Dopey Nation Zooms? You should go to Dopey Nation Zooms, right? Fucking see the Dopey Nation. Be a part of the Dopey Nation. Everything is posted on um, Instagram. But hold on. Let me get you the thingamajig. Hold on. Hold on. Where's the address? What is the address of the Dopey Nation Zoom? Jesus fucking Christ. All right, the Zoom address is 804-300-586, and the password is toodles, all in lowercase. Sally, check it out. They would love to meet you. Now, this extremely special episode of Dopey is brought to you by BetterHelp. When do you feel like you're at your best? I think I'm at my best when I do Dopey. Maybe when I'm with my kids. Uh, When I walk the dog, I feel pretty empowered. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of yourself. Because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. Yeah, I'm really, really right there when I make the show. I'm walking the dog or I'm parenting. But I often slip up. I make the wrong decision. And with a therapist, I can go over the situation and fine tune so I can be the best version of myself. And if you want to be the best version of yourself and you're considering giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It is convenient, it's flexible, affordable, and it's entirely online. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. It's true. Visit betterhelp.com slash dopeypodcast today and you get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash dopeypodcast. Get help. Get better help. Get it now. And now this guy is is pure fire dopey. Uh, Anybody who's a fan of the show is going to appreciate our next guest. You can find him on Instagram as Optimo. He wanted me to call him Sano. He's a dopey. He's he's an important figure in the mythology of dopey. So here he is, Sano. His name is Optimo. He's a, a really, really brilliant artist. You're a really brilliant artist, Optimo. Thank you. I see your stuff everywhere. <laughs> and like... Tell you tell the tell. I want you to first tell the story of how we reconnected from your point of view. So, I was. Uh, I th- let me see. What year was it? Last year. It was, it was last year. Twenty twenty one. Like like February or okay. something. Um. So I was uh, working on a mural on Seventh Avenue in Chelsea, on exactly 20, 22nd Street and Seventh Avenue. I was working on the We Love Chelsea mural that I got the chance to do, which was one of my favorite projects that awesome. I've done so far. Um, murals in New York. I was working on that mural and um, 
someone said, excuse me. And, and I turned around. But it's COVID, so we're both wearing yeah, masks. Yeah, so I'm wearing, well, I always wear, I wear, I try to wear a mask when I paint. And at that time, I wasn't like showing my face like on, on the internet or anything. I was kind of keeping it low because I was like heavily painting, which I'm still heavily painting, but now nah, I just don't care. Um, but at the time, I was covering my face because I didn't want anyone to take random photos of me painting that mural. And um, you came up behind me and I turned around and I'm like, what's up? And you was like, hey, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my name is Dave and I have a podcast, you know, dopey oh. podcast, and I'm looking for someone to paint a mural, you know, and, and, and like, as you, you know, you were saying this and I was like, damn, I recognize this dude's <laughs> voice, man. Like, and I was like, wait, what, what'd you say your name was? And he was like, my name is Dave. And like, I remember your voice, like clear as day. I was like, dude, and I took off my mask. And I felt like I saw a ghost because when you when you took a you took your mask, I was like, take off your mask. And you took your mask off. And I felt like I saw a ghost. Cause really, in my head for the past since 2008, I'd say no, 2007, six. Dude, eight, 2001. No, no. Okay. But what what I'm saying is in 2006, I think 2006, I thought that you died. What what happened in two thousand and six? Um, one day I was walking towards your building to you know I, I was just walking towards Eighth Avenue, and I was walking on the side of your building. I'm not gonna say exactly what street, but in Chelsea, I saw like your stuff. I know I know it was your stuff being thrown in the dumpsters because I knew the paintings that you used to have in your house. Like that's something I always paid attention to. My weird shipyard. You paintings? had you had some cool paintings uh, like. Like uh, some jazz players. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And I was just like, damn, that, that looks like Dave's stuff, like his art. And then I asked the guy, the porter, and I was like, hey, hey, Poppy. Uh, I was like, what happened? What happened to the guy whose place this stuff belongs to? They're like, oh, man, he passed away. He died. And I was like, he died? And I was just like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, man, he, he, he died, drugs. And wow. I was like, whoa. And I was kind of like, fuck. So I had called my boy Swerve and my boy Doug. And I was like, yo, I was like, yo, this dude Slam fucking died. You know what I'm saying? And we used to call, we used to call you Slam. <laughs> the funny thing about that is I always thought you guys called me Slam because I shot heroin, but that wasn't why you called me Slam. No, no, no. So my, you know, I told I had called my boys right there on the spot and I was like, yo, fucking. Man, Slam died, man. I was like, damn, it's fucking sad. And they were like, nah. And I had took one of the paintings, like uh, one of the jazz players. I got pictures somewhere in my like somewhere in my archives nice. of that painting in, in my career. I don't have it no longer because I lost all my shit. But that's I, nice. I, that's sentimental, so, right? Yeah. So back to why we used to call you Slam. So this is how me and Dave met. Yeah, tell me how we met. So my, my boy had a crib in, in, in your building. He was your neighbor. And uh, that was like the bachelor pad. We used to always go to his He crib. lived there and I lived there. You, yes. He didn't have lived, any you guys family. Lived, he had no family. No. I had no family. You guys lived directly across from each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. Apartments facing each other. It was like a sitcom. And my boy's crib was like the bachelor crib. Like that's where we used to go, you know, and, and always like take girls, random girls. Like we'll go there. That was like the, not the trap house because it wasn't a trap house. Doug didn't want like no shit going on in his crib. It was like, all right, you can bring girls here. 
you know, handling your shit. Right. And dip, you know, and that was what his crib was for. Um, he had two cribs, so that was like the one crib that, you know, you know, we all, we, we booked shorties to or whatever. And we would handle our business there too. But granted, we used to hear the door slam. Loud, you right? know, real loud, like bam, bam. Because I always and I'm my like, windows yo, open. I was like, yo, who the fuck is that? And then my boy was like, nah, bro, it's my fucking neighbor, it's this fucking white kid, fucking always slamming it, <laughs> so slamming it, slamming the door. So like every time, you know, I guess like you know, times passing by, like we're going to the crib and just hear slam, slam. So I was like, yo. I was like, that's your man slam. So I remember one day I was coming, I was coming to the crib, right? Like, this you, is you, great, you, by the way. You, you have a good memory. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I remember I was coming to the crib and you was coming out of the crib. And I was like, oh, this is the motherfucking <laughs> God. This, this slam. <laughs> You was like, hey man, what's up? Like, you know, you had your right. your you was you was very bright eyed, like and kind of like, hey, how are you? Like, and I was like, what's up, bro? I was like, what's your name? He was like, I'm Dave. He's like, what's your name? Like, you know, that was you, all perky and shit. I was, I was chilling, like, yeah. you know, I was like, I'm, I'm blah blah blah. You know what my name was. We 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 just talked for a second, and I was like, yo, you you, you asked me, yo, you want to come inside my place? And I was like, what? I was like, you smoke bud? And he, and he was like, yeah, I smoke bud time time. And I was like, I'm thinking in my head, like, customer, right. bing, cha-ching, ching ching like, because I was always in hustle mode. So I go inside, and, and, and you're, like, kicking it with me for a second. And then he was like, uh, yo, man, you want to see some of my tapes? Like, And I was like, like, what, what do you mean? He was like, wow, I, was, I used to be a VJ, like. I don't know if it was MTV. No, it was some bullshit. Yeah. It, but it yeah. was something. And yeah. you saw me interview with you and KRS One, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody else. And I was like, oh shit. This dude, this dude got some clout. All right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so whatever, we exchanged numbers and, and I don't know, you know, how many times we had like linked up, but uh Did you know, I, I buy you, Bud? Was I, I told you definitely Bud or told no? you if you ever want Bud like to hit me up. I didn't want to like, you know, tell you I have other shit because it was like too close for comfort. Like I was like right next door and I didn't want to blow up my, my boy's shit. And you didn't know that I was doing drugs. I, no, I think I, I, I realized that you use drugs. Like I, I, I saw it in your eyes. Like you had like pin drop. Eye, like yeah, yeah, you yeah. had pinpoint looking eyes. So I was like, he does something. I just, you know, I didn't really call it like that, but I, I didn't sell. I didn't sell what you was fucking with anyway. So was, was I buying bud from you? I don't know if you, I, honestly, man, I don't remember. Cause it was, it, it, it's that long ago. I know it was like, I know I told you I have different shit later on. Like we we met up. So let's get. Do you remember when it but, got to that level of so relationship? I remember one day I was like I was looking for somewhere to stash my shit. Like I was looking for a, a stash grip because I I didn't want to keep it in the projects. You know the projects right down the block. And block. Doug didn't want it. And spot. my boy didn't want my shit in his grip. So, so how I did it like, come up that it should be in my house? So no. So I, one day I was like, you know, let me ask this dude. He seems pretty cool and doesn't, <laughs> doesn't seem grimy. I was like, yo, man, you know, yo, would you be down to like stash my shit in your crib? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll bring a safe, you know, and like, I'll pay you like $100 a week or whatever, you know, and I'll throw you some butt or something, you know, and whatever, you know, but I didn't, I, I, you said that I used to sell you shit. I don't remember ever selling you drugs. I think you just gave it to me. And I, I only, don't even remember. But every, the only reason I remember yeah. is, is two reasons. Number one, I think you had ecstasy. And you, had, had and you had coke. 
Yeah. And I never would be fucking taking ecstasy by myself unless yeah. I just had it. Yeah. And I never would be, and I never bought Coke. Yeah. And I knew in that era, like yeah. that was like the last era of my life in Manhattan, I shot a bunch of Coke and I tripped <laughs> ecstasy by myself. Yeah. And I remember also thinking it was so great that I could do that because I had your safe in my house. So that's how I connected those dots. But the thing is, I didn't leave a key with you. Right. Cause I, no, I, I think you just took, I didn't yeah. go in your safe. Yeah, I think yeah, you just I would go inside, I grab my shit. But it wasn't it wasn't a long period. I know that. It was like a short period. No, because I didn't stay much longer. That yeah. was a really crazy period for me because I had weird I had other weird dealers like staying with me. Yeah. And I had a lot of methadone people just kind of hanging out. Yeah. It was like a really I like that I was so perky in your in your yeah, memory. Yeah. <laughs> I never see myself that way, but I'm totally like that. So I, I remember one day, um Oh, this is the sad yeah, so, story. So I came so one day I, you gave me the keys to your crib, actually. So well, you had, had your you had, had your drugs there. You needed yeah, the keys. I had a copy of your keys. So one day I opened the door and I see your father standing there. Like, and he looks at me and he goes, Who are you? And I was like, <laughs> Hey. I was like, We should call my know, dad in right now. I was <laughs> hold on, hold on, no, hold on. Real quick. No, no, I don't dad, think he's dad, like dad, 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 dad. It'll be funny. Dad. Is he gonna even remember? I don't know. That'll be fun. Dad. Hello? He loves being on the show. All right. So Optimo is sharing the story of he had a key to my apartment on 24th Street. He came in. He says, you were in the apartment. Do you have any recollection? No. Because he was traumatized. Optimo, tell, tell him what happened. Okay, so Dave's dad was standing there when I opened the door. He's like, who are you? And I looked at him and I was like, I'm Dave's friend. And uh, he was like, do you know that Dave is on drugs? I remember you saying that. And I was just like. I was like, no, I didn't know. <laughs> like, but in my, I knew he was on drugs, but I feel like I wasn't the one selling you the drugs. Like, I you know, didn't. I, you, I did you know? Fact, did you know I was on heroin? Or I didn't know you know? was on heroin. I knew you was on something, but I just didn't know you was on heroin. Nor did I want to give you drugs because I didn't want you stealing my shit. That's fair enough. But <laughs> so, hold up, hold up, Dad. You have no recollection of this man then. I was cleaning out the apartment. I yes. was probably trying to get rid of that fish tank and take the fish to the fish store to save his life. Yeah. He's told the story on the show that many times that went, and it was the same day. So yeah. there's a lot of mythology oh, so about I remember this. You, I remember you you cleaning up and you was like, can you help me clean yeah. up? Yes. And Probably I was like, I needed a lot and, of that. And I was like, you know, yeah, I can help you out. You know, and, and but in my mind, I was like, fuck man, like if this guy finds out that I got drugs in this house, man, like it's going to call the cops. So I, so he looks I, like somebody that I might call helping, the cops too, I right? I started helping him clean up a bit, right? <laughs> and then I, I snuck off. I think that the stash was in the kitchen. I took a uh, like a, a, a blanket or something, a towel. Some old blanket. And I threw it over the, 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 the safe. And I, I just like snuck out. And I went next door to my friend's house, <laughs> opened his door and just put it in there. I was like, I need you to hold this until like I get my shit situated. Like, I just need to get out of here. And, and then I dipped. That was it. And you have no recollection? I was very busy. I'm telling you, the house was a mess. I but was the house busy. was, a, it was, uh, okay. it looked like a, a train wreck hit it. And I remember I used to, I used to tell Dave, I used to be like, yo, why don't you clean your place up? You got your own place. You know, like, you're a grown man. <laughs> well, the story that he always tells is that day that he was cleaning it up, he pricked his finger on a needle. Oh, shit. Are and he serious? was sure he got AIDS from... Right, oh Dan? My God. Yeah, I was I was upset. I mean, uh, I tried to keep it from mommy, but I said, yeah, I got stuck by this needle. 
Wow. Anyway. And look, now here we all are so many years later laughing yes. about what a fun memory it was. Yeah, I'm not laughing about a fun memory. No, no. Dopey Nation. No, no I'm it, not laughing. It wasn't fun. All right. All right, Dad. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Listen, I, I think uh, it's incredible, first of all, that we stumbled upon each other. Number two, like I said, to start this thing, your work is incredible. And you, are, you. and you are ubiquitous in Manhattan, which means you are everywhere. Yeah. Fucking hell. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And um, when you, you, what you said to me on the street was, you said, where are you from? And I said, I'm from here. And you said, from where from here? I said, well, I live on the Lower East Side. And you were like, do you ever live in the project? And you were like, take your mask off. And I was like, ah. oh, I didn't, I, it was I like, didn't remember exactly what it I said. Was, it was so fucking amazing because that story in my head of that era was so big. Yeah. So like the fact that we could see, and then you came to DopeyCon yeah. and we've, and, and when did you start painting? But when did you start dealing first? Oh, I, I mean, I started selling drugs when I was like 12, 13. And you lived Chelsea Projects. I lived in Chelsea Projects. I grew up, yeah, I grew up on 26th Street. I think, um, trying to think was when I, the first time I sold drugs was, uh, we all went to junior high school, I, I 70 on 17th Street, right? One of my boys, he had met this girl from the Low East Side, and she had a brother that was like an older drug dealer at the time. He had he had like a block on I think it was like 13th Street between First and A or something something like that. There's a, there was like a basketball court there I remember, but uh, my boy was like, "Yo, this girl she could put us on to making money out in Lower," and then you know our parents won't see us selling drugs on the block in Chelsea, you know. So and he was like. Yo, we get paid twenty dollars for every hundred dollars we make, and I was like, at that time, 1990, that was you know twenty dollars per pack. And when I tell you that these packs was going fast, you were a like, kid, and we were kids. Those packs was going fast. Like people would be like, "Let me get five, let me get seven, let me get ten, and these dimes. They were going like like this. But so we just was weed, right? Huh? No crack. Okay, so you're selling yeah, crack. I was 12, 12, 13, 12 years 13, old. 13, and who's buying, years old. who's buying crack most? Oh, older, you know, older crackheads. Like, you know. <laughs> older crackheads. Crackheads. Yes. <laughs> you know, they look like fucking zombies. Was it scary? It was scary because I used to feel like uh, like they would, they would try to do anything to try to, like, say when you pull out your stash, they would try to like, grab, like, you know, and you're a little kid. Yeah, they're you're trying not, to get out of You're not a grown-ass right. man. You're a little kid selling crack to adults that will try to rob you. So it was like, you know, they fiend out. You're a little kid. So you had to act like extra tough, tough you know, have a knife on you, or, you know, whatever. It's not like selling weed to me and, and no, in here. No, no, it's not peaceful. Like, and I remember I used to, we used to always try to figure out ways to stash our shit that we wouldn't get caught. I don't know what made me think. I was like, I put mine in a, in a magnum marker, like a big fat magnum marker where I used to keep all my, all my cracks you know, the vials inside. And the vials was big. It wasn't like when everybody got a little smarter to the game and started sending the little baggies were cracking it because then you could stash them easier. But they were Baggy big. Baggy used to be big ass vials because the vials used to make the crack look bigger. Right. So it was like an illusion. You got the illusion crack vials and they make it look like there's more than what there, there really was inside. What do so you do? I, what do you do as a kid? Like, like if you, it's like, how do people not, steal from you get over if they're adults i mean we was we was what like it was like five of us standing together you know we weren't standing on the corner by ourselves we were like all in the park pretending we're playing basketball and the crackheads will come in and we would just look at them and be like all right and then we'll each take turns serving serving the crackheads coming into the park what were you about to say oh 
Well, I remember, you know, one time I dropped the marker and Crackhead tried to grab the, the, the marker and I had, like, you know, I stomped his hands, you know, like that was the type of shit, you know, you had to be careful from. But I never I never had no police fuck with me when I when I sold over there. But but for some reason I just didn't feel safe over there. I was like, after a while I started feeling like, yo, you know what? Like this is not our block. Like these people, we didn't grow up with these people. Like I think we should make smarter moves. Like if we're gonna sell drugs, like it shouldn't be somewhere where we're not from, you know. And I know I want, I didn't want to sell on the block because like you know my mom, her friends, people, everyone talks. You know, once you're selling drugs on the block, your parents are gonna find out without a doubt because the because the projects has eyes. Spe- like over the here, you're talking eyes. About, right? Yeah. So what'd you do? I mean, I ended up selling little drugs here and there, like on on the block, but I wouldn't do it full time. Like there was like some kids that would sell drugs all the time. Like I was one of those that like. I'll sell a couple of packs. I'll be good with like, you know, $100 in my pocket for the week or whatever. But because I used to do other shit, I used to go stealing. I used to sell bud on the side, downtown the village. Like we'll buy, we'll buy Knicks from uptown and then sell them for $20 downtown. That was before, you know, we were buying ounces and all that shit. We would just go buy bags. Like in Washington Heights. Yeah, we'll buy, yeah, we'll go to Washington Heights, buy, buy the fat Nick bags, yeah, and then yeah. sell them for $20 yeah. to white people downtown in, in downtown Manhattan. They had nice bud, though, in Washington. Yeah, Manhattan. yeah, I mean, you know, like. It's funny, oh, though, we'll it's go, like everybody went there. Dude, we used to we used to buy Nick's from uptown and go to Jersey and, and sell to, to kids out there for $20 for the Knicks. You know, that's how that's how fat the bags were back in those days. You know? I used to go from I used to, I went to college in uh, Westchester and purchase, and we would drive to 189th and St. Nick and buy those five dollar bags. Yeah, yeah, and they were fucking beautiful. The yeah. bud was beautiful. It was a crazy <laughs> fat count. It yeah. was like I don't even know how we stumbled on it. Like it yeah. was, it's just a great, great fucking resource. So like, when do you start using? Well, I mean, I I've, I have I have like a drug history, just like kind of like sporadic throughout my life. Like it was never just like a ten years straight. Like it was always like uh, when I was fourteen. Well, I smoked bud for the first time when I was like twelve, thirteen, and then when I was you know I was already drinking beers when I was like fourteen. Uh, me and my friends, my sister was taking acid, and we stole acid from my sister, right? And we didn't know what acid was. We thought that acid just makes you laugh right sometimes because because no because there was there was uh there was a thing called laughing tabs i don't know if you ever heard of those no tell me i don't even know what the i still don't know what the fuck they are but i've heard (laughs) there's like the myth that it just makes you laugh i didn't hear anything about seeing shit thinking just bugging out i thought it was like batman and robin shit like Laughing gas, laughing like, like the Joker, like like the Joker, right, like right, a fucking. Right, right, that's exact. Right. The Joker comes to mind when I think right, of that, like right. the laughing gas. So, um, but I get that as a kid, if you get the right dose and you're just fucking laughing, if nothing horrible happens, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was happen. like, yo, those are laughing sides. Like, let's all take them. You know, I thought it was great. They would steal them from my sister and fucking split them up and take them. Now we didn't know you. You know, you take a little piece. Like we was just like taking strips, like, oh, the more you take, the more the more you get to laugh. We wanna fucking laugh like, you know, a lot. So we all took the acid. My sister saw me drinking it out of the faucet, drinking, you know, washing it down. And she was like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, chill. Like, and she was like, spit it out. And she was trying to make me spit it out. Cause and she was worried you took I too wish much. that I would have fucking spit it out. Like the second the, that shit hit your this, tongue, you're fucking. To this day, Why, that I, if I can turn back and spit that shit out. I would have. What happened? Oh, it fucking, like, we went to the store to go get some blunts, 
like you know some some blunts to roll the weed in, and we we fucking you know we come we come back. By the time we came we're walking back from the store, that's when like it didn't hit me yet. My boy was like, "Yo, the fucking street is waving like like a wave," and I was like, "What are you talking about?" He was like, "Yo, man, I fucking see this the, the street waving like like a you know up and down." And I was like, "Nah," I was like, "I don't see that." And then my other boy was like, yo, the fucking leaves are talking. And I was like, what? I was like, yo, y'all fucking bugging. Too much laughing taps. And yeah, tell me. And then we go upstairs to this girl Debbie's house, right? Oh, uh, it's my friend, my sister's friend, Debbie. We, 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 we sit down on the couch, we start smoking butt. And I was like, yo, I feel like really good, you know? And I was feeling real, really good at that moment. And I started seeing shit like Sip was feeling kind of wavy and... It was feeling cool, right? And then, like, I started feeling like sh- things started turning real sharp. And that's when, like, it just started fucking getting sharper and sharper. And everything started turning evil looking and, and metallic and just sharp. And everything was edgy. And I started seeing, like, dude, talking about it makes me feel that. Right. I, I could feel like a You mild, could feel that. I could feel the mild fucking flashback. I know what you mean. And... It's like I, I I get kaleidoscope eyes, like but like bad because I feel like I'm trapped inside the kaleidoscope and like I get this circular staircase of visuals, but like I also feel like I'm trapped in it. So my body's feeling like it's moving with this like circular staircase. Now you're bugging me. And out. Actually, no. It's it's what's crazy is I've applied that to my art. Like there's a lot of there's, there's some stuff. That I, I see that like that cubist that style. I, I, shit. It's like almost like cube wavy. I don't know if you'll see it in my flags, like when I paint my uh, my my scarves, like that wavy waviness of the scarves, and it's kind of like three dimensional. That comes from kind of the that acid, experience, the acid flip, you know that that uh, that flashback. Now, did you wind up? Was that the last time you took a dose, or you you took no? It again? So I, I never took acid again. Wow, I I probably took stuff that was laced with um, acid, like you know ecstasy that has like acid in it, um, like you know trippy ecstasy. I definitely took um, mescaline. But anyway, let's go back to the acid real quick. From that trip, like we all bugged out. All of us lost our shit. We, I ended up in Bellevue. Like they, my friends couldn't handle me, so they took me home. What I, made them take you to Bellevue? Well, th- my friends took me home first. They were like, tricked me into going to my house. Like they were like, yo, we're gonna go to blah, 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 someone's house. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm with a bunch of girls from my neighborhood. It was like, they were all like kind of like holding me down. And then we get to my door and I looked and I saw it was my door and I was like, fuck, I don't want my parents to know that I'm on drugs. So um, they took me to my door and my mom answered the door and she was like, what's going on? And, and they were like, oh, you know, he's, he got drugged and, you know, he's like losing it. So my, your daughter drugged him with some laughing tabs. No, my, my, my sister's <laughs> name was not even in the picture. Dude. All right. So. They, they kind of like went to drag me in and I was like, you know, trying to fight them from going into my own house because I didn't want my mother like seeing me like that. And then uh, my mother like, you know, grabbed me and, and my father came and he was like, you know, what's the matter? You know, my father was like very hard to communicate with, but he saw something was wrong. And I remember like they were like, uh, put him in the, in the shower under the water. And like my father was grabbing me and I, and I was like trying to fight him from, you know, going to the bathroom. And they put me in the bathroom and my, and and they turned the shower on and like just kind of w- trying to wake. Try Which to is never going to make you feel no, better. No, it did not make anything better. They put me in the shower with all my clothes on. Mm. I, I mean, at least that's what I remember. 
I got all my clothes on in the shower, both parents. I'm I'm screaming, like trying to scratch, like bite my dad, right? And then um, I was like, I want orange juice. I, I was thirsty, but I wanted orange juice. I told my mother, give me orange juice. It's funny because orange juice like- Makes it, it worse. Yeah. It makes yes, it heavier. And, I, and, and so I'm drinking the orange juice. And then I remember pouring the orange juice carton on the top of my head. And then I grabbed it. How me. old were you? I was 14. Yeah. They called the ambulance to, to, to come help me, you know, my parents. And the police came. When I saw the police, I really fucking started bugging out. I thought I was getting arrested. So the cops take me and my mother was with them too. And they took me straight to Bellevue. And you don't want to go to Bellevue. And I remember going to Bellevue and I remember like sitting, uh, like they tied me to the bed, right? And they gave me... They made me drink charcoal, liquid charcoal. Right. Black. So. I just remember it being black. And I remember like the, the the nurses was talking in French. Like everyone was talking backwards. People were walking backwards. I saw my mom sinking into the fucking corner of the room. Like she was crazy. I wonder how much you took. Yeah, I, I you know, I, enough to fucking make me bug out for three months. Like I, three months. So for three months, I was like, it was it was getting it was getting milder, you know, as time passed by, but it took about three months for it to completely get out of my How system. How long did you stay in Bellevue? I don't, I don't even remember. Maybe, maybe a couple nights or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't. It was so long ago that I, I don't remember. Psychedelic destruction, right? Yeah. Psychedelic. That's uh, like being bad. total psychedelic distraughtness. Yeah. So I remember being punished for the whole summer. Like I, I was not allowed to go out for the. whole, That was my punishment. You can't go out for the whole summer. Finally, when school started, I was allowed to go to school, but I, mind this, I was still kind of mildly, you know, still had Fuck. that kind of thing. And everybody, I remember everybody looking at me, feeling mad weird at school. Like, you know, I was feeling like people were talking, talking about me and shit, you know, and, and, it, and it slowly went away, finally. And I remember like, all right, I'm back. I'm, I'm like starting to go out to my friends. I'm off punishment, kicking it. And I'm like, I don't want to smoke weed. Because, you know, I, used to smoke, I was smoking weed before that. And that was, like, fun to me. So I remember my boy was like, yo, let's smoke some bud on, on 26th Street on top of the Hudson Gill um, Nursery. So we climb up Did there. you go to nursery school there? I did. Me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, so we sit up there. We're, like, fucking smoking a joint. And then, boom, fucking hits me. Flashback. No. Started bugging out. And then, I, uh, you know, I had to, like, get away, chill. And then, like, maybe two weeks passes by. No I try, weed? I, I try to smoke butt again mm. in my boy's house. And we're all listening to Nice and Smooth. The rap, I know you know Nice and Smooth. Hip-hop junkies We were something. listening. Yeah, hip-hop junkies. We was listening to um, I Can't Have a Cake and Eat It Too. Yeah. I remember, I remember <laughs> it very clearly because it's, it was a very right. it was a turning point in my life of, of like, all right, I'm never going to smoke again. We smoked bud. Can't Have a Cake and Eat It Too. was playing. I'm looking at the light, right? We, we we stepped outside in the hallway and the light was flickering. I was, started staring at the light and that's when the flashback hit me full blast. I felt like I just took the acid all over again. And I told my boy, and it was like a joke for a long time. I was like, yo, it's happening again. So they always would say that to you. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> it so they were all go like, it's happening again. Right. <laughs> like, right. just to fuck with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, after that, I was like, yo, I can't fucking smoke weed ever again. And honestly, I like, I maybe tried weed, tried to take a puff, like, you know, years later, same shit. 
it can never work. So I, like I just stopped smoking, but but everything else was a go. Now, when that happened in that period, like in the summer on punishment, you weren't selling drugs. You couldn't even get out of the house. Oh right? no, I was just on punishment. Straight up. So when did you get back to business? And when does oh, it Oh, I mean, honestly, like I, I had a I had a few turns in my life, like some crazy like a lot of crazy shit happened to me when I was like 14. I ended up becoming good friends with this kid, Hector Cintron. And before I was friends with him, I had like I had punched him in his eye over a girl. You know, I was like really jealous. Some girl that I liked and he took her, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I, I ended up like busting his eye open. But then we ended up becoming friends. I used to go to Times Square Church at the time. You know, um, there was like a youth, a youth program there or whatever, youth, uh, a youth ministry or whatever. And I thought it was cool because you go there and you meet girls from other neighborhoods. It was like, it was something different. My mother would want me to go there because I grew up in church. So I remember going, taking my boy Hector to church one day. And on our way back to Chelsea on 23rd Street, I was like, yo, let's go pop these light bulbs, right? And he was like, cool. Cause we we were into popping light bulbs whenever there was construction, like a scaffolding. So we used to we used to jump up and punch the light bulbs. So we're like punching light bulbs, boom, busting. And I remember Hector going in front of like he was behind me, so I'm ahead of him. What's the draw in punching light bulbs? What's the draw? What's the draw? I mean, it's just fun. Just exploding. Yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. pops. And yeah, it's like, yeah. you know. It's like, magical. And you don't get hurt. And you don't get hurt. You right. got yeah, yeah. you gotta hit it with your knuckle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, we did that. And then uh, Hector's behind me. He's like, yo, cross over. Right, right where the, remember the, where Chase Bank used to be? I don't think it's there anymore. But there used to be a Chase Bank there and then a doorman building. The, Which the, street? The movie theater used to be across, it was across the street. Now it's the IFC um, thing for, for School of Visual Arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. So. Citibank. Carp, yeah. Car passes by, taxi flies by. I took one step, I hear boom. I turn around and my boy Hector is like laying there, mangled. Like oh my, it killed destroyed. him? Yeah, he killed. He didn't kill him on the spot, but pretty much he killed him on the spot. Like, cause he, he was in a hospital brain dead for like a week. Same year? This was like, uh, it was like, like almost a year later. Oh my I was, God. I, I, I feel like I was still, yeah, I was, I was like 14 still, so. Pretty traumatic fucking So it years. was, it was traumatic. I see my boys, I was the last person to see him alive. alive, you know? And that took a toll on me. Like that, that made me drink to the point where I, like I was belligerent all the time. Like, I, cause I, I used to just, like once I started drinking, I used to start thinking about him and I was always feeling like, yo, that was my fault. That was my call. Like, you know, I, I told him let's cross over into the train, train station instead of going out. But honestly, it's, it's just, you know, it's fate, you know, like shit happened and you're a kid, you can't blame yourself, you know. But you have to, cause you, cause you Yeah, did. you're blaming yourself because you think it's your fault. You know, like you're like, oh, this is this is how this this went. It's very hard to understand what reality is in a situation like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and you know, and that made me drink a lot. I didn't use drugs. You know, until I was like 18, 19. And you're drinking alcoholically from, oh, I was from drink, that I shit. was drinking because it, it worked. You know, it made me like kind of just... Because you smoked weed, you fucking trip out. Yeah. You're not going to start taking pills. Like, oh, I didn't want to sell drugs ever again. Right. Because of the acid. But I was like very drinking a lot. You know, and I used to drink till, till I, I was blacked out a lot. I, I, I would always drink till I was blacked out. But I, you know, I sold drugs. Like, you know, the whole time. whole time. So I would sell weed. Sometimes sell crack, but I, I was never, like- I was never a full time drug dealer. Like I, I was like, I like to, I like to, I used to go, like to go racking. I used to like to do. But what's f- racking? Stealing, stealing shit. 
So wait, why is it called racking? Um, I don't know. Racking, like you, you're taking stuff off the rack. What would you be racking? I was racking 40 ounces. Um, you know, uh, we would steal cigarettes from like, you know, put the arms over. The How'd thing. you pull that off? Oh, we just go in there deep or go into a store like 10 Oh, it's deep just like, just fuck it. Start rampaging, right, you know, and, right. and, and distracting the guy in the front. Stealing 40 ounces, you know, candies, whatever. You know, we used to go to the supermarket. We used to have like contests to see who can come out the supermarket with the most shit. TV dinners, like all types of crazy shit. And you could just do it because you rolled thick. With and yeah, thing. and it wasn't even it wasn't even out of necessity. It was like it was it was like fun, and it was like a thrill. As a teenager, this just cause havoc in this neighborhood. Oh, the we we feel like we shut down the AMP. It used to be on Eighth Avenue. I think it was the AMP. I forgot the name. It was the AMP. AMP was on Eighth Ave. Right here, there was the AMP here, and then I think there was another. And there one, was one in the, and that one's gone. Where the pizza shop used to be. Yeah, there was a supermarket yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. we 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 would we would go in there and like every day, and the neighborhood was way different back then too. Yeah, I mean the Kid. neighborhood the neighborhood was changing. The neighborhood was like you know getting bougie and gay. Eighth Avenue was gay, like a lot, wealthy. Of, a lot of gay people, wealthy people. Um, I mean it was still it was scary. It was Chelsea was a scary neighborhood, and I feel like you know a lot of things. It changed, was a miracle it, I survived. I, yeah, a lot of things changed, but I, I feel like a lot of things didn't change. Like because this neighborhood is still bad. Yeah. People just don't know it. Like people think, oh, they see those nice buildings. They see, you know, a lot of rich people living here. But like, I, I, I promise you that a lot of shit is still going on. Of, of anything west of of Ninth, it's like it's project. It's a lot of projects. No, but even so, I mean, look, you have that. You know, have that school which the rich kids go to. Which um, one on Tenth Avenue? I forgot the name of it. I don't know. I mean, but it's, they, there was a documentary on the shit and everything. But you know, you have oh, that. I know what you're talking. It's about. It's on the High Line. It's like yeah, yeah, like yeah connected yeah, yeah. to the High Line. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like when we met, and again, I'm probably wrong, you had bleached hair. No. Who had bleached hair? Not me. Somebody did. Were you guys like, there was a rave thing going on, I feel like. Because you had, maybe it was the ecstasy. I mean, I would go to raves to sell, to sell ecstasy. Right. Like, How did you get into that? Like, when did you start dealing with oh, ecstasy? I, start, I started going to raves. You're like, no, I didn't I, have bleached no, hair, Dave. No, I did have, you know what? You didn't know me. When I had bleached hair, like I bleached my hair like in 1997, that was the first time. Dude, I but my- that you're wrong with the time. I left New York City in 2001. No. Yes. I, I, I could tell you. I, t- you I could tell you that you're wrong. Rehab. I could tell you wrong. I lived in North Carolina from 2000 to 2002. It's I crazy. met you in 2004. My daughter was born already. It's crazy because I have so many <laughs> conflicting timelines. You know what? It's the it's the it's the chicken soup in your brain <laughs> it messes no. up time I, i'm very good with timelines because my life is like broken up into certain timelines of things that i've, I've did i mean i i respect you there, and i and listen there, i i know my timeline is exactly wrong. i think no, we're both wrong all right okay but we can skip all that because yeah. you're you're in the ex when did you get in the ecstasy world though so you no. don't need to give years because your uh, years no. are obviously well, wrong. no no definitely not wrong it was uh 1996 all right I just came home a while. But do you think it's a coincidence that I remember you with the bleach hair? I probably showed you pictures. What do you, you think I'm, I'm looking at pictures? Yeah, I, I used to I used to, I used to show people pictures. I used to bring my my photo albums around sometimes and and tell people that I was caught up and I'll show them pictures of me. But um, in 1996, I, I went to Rikers Island or 1995 actually. How'd you get busted? I I, I was selling crack. I got caught on my rollerblades. In That's, Chelsea? Yeah, in Chelsea. Tell I, us that story. That I, sounds like I, a good story. I, I served, uh, I served the undercover um, some crack. Like I used, to, I used to sell drugs on my rollerblades. 
I was like the only cat like on the roller base. Like, and what did I, they call you then? <laughs> my my hood nickname was Cowboy. Uh huh. That was my nickname growing up in Chelsea because when I was younger, I used to be crippled from like five to eight years old. I had a a, a hip disease called leg parthesis. Very, you know, it was like pretty rare. And they they put cast on my legs, and I used to walk like a cowboy. Right. Like, and like, you know, I, I went through that. They weren't calling me cowboy when I was younger, but when when I was in junior high school, like when everybody started snapping, everybody wanted to be fucking in a living color or death poetry jam, fucking co comedians. We were all coming up with different snaps and shit, and someone someone called me cowboy. They're like, all right, cowboy, and started walking like a right, cowboy. Right, right, like, right, right. They remember me when I was younger, right. walking like a cowboy. So that name actually stuck with me for, for many years. And um, I didn't like people calling me cowboy back then. I used to be like, "Yo, don't fucking call me cowboy," you know. But eventually, you. But then it was it. just like, you know what? Like, it's not a bad I nickname. As as nicknames go, it could be much worse. Yeah. Some it, people are trying to call me Dopey Dave. I hate that. <laughs> I fucking hate. No, nah, what about Slam? Slam is the greatest always nickname I've Slam. ever been I'm given. I always call you Slam. All right. Uh, you always be slammed. Thank me. God. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best nickname I've <laughs> ever got. <laughs> Slam. Let the boys be boys. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, so back to, to 95. I, I get caught selling drugs on my rollerblades. I sold two and undercover, right? And um, this lady came up to me. She was like, yo, you know, let me get two. And I was like, go in the elevator. I, I, rode, to the, I rode to the building, rode in the elevator. And she was like, you know, pulling money out of her, her breast, crotch. I'm like, yo, fuck it. I was like, yo, hurry up, right? And then, the, like, I You're took- You're on rollerblades in the Yeah, I'm on my rollerblades. That's crazy. We go to fucking to the, to I don't know what floor. Usually used to go all the way high to a higher floor, and I look down and I see the other elevator, and I see two guys with jerseys. You know, you can look through the through the side of the elevator, so you can see down to the next elevator. Yeah. yeah. And I saw two jerseys. I was like, "Fuck, that's the D's. That's the undercovers. They used to always wear fucking jerseys, like football jerseys, basketball baseball jerseys. I was like, Damn, to look this, cool. It's the fucking D's. I pushed her out the elevator. Wait, why are they called D's? Uh, detectives. Right, DTs. Yeah. Yeah, okay. DTs, yeah. detectives, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, so I fucking pushed her out the elevator. I hit, you know, a lower floor. I get out, fucking run downstairs, go to my crib, fucking go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? I, I go home, take a nap, fucking wake up from my nap. I'm like, oh shit, you know, I got to I gotta go put some money down on my on my chain because I had, I had a chain that I put on layaway. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go get it. Got the receipt. Now, I got the money on me. The marked money was on me. Mm. I come on my building, I'm rolling. I go through uh, PS33, the fucking, you know, the 20, the 27th Street. I'm rolling through there. And then I just hear, like, so I have money in my hand. I don't know if I crack in my hand too, but I let it roll off of my chest. Instead of like throwing it so it looked like I threw something. You just I dropped it, it kind of surreptitiously. I let it roll. Yeah. And I just gunned it. I just started skating super fast, full speed. I fucking turned around PS33. 33 on seventh on on um, right there on 27. I turn right and like I'm turning and I was gonna jump over the wall and then I see the fucking cops coming from the opposite way and I'm like fuck bro they got me you know so I get arrested fucking put me in a van with a bunch of a bunch like the van was full so it was like TNT it must have been a Tuesday or Thursday at the time and I was just like describe fuck. describe TNT. It was Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesdays and Thursdays. When when the cops just, just go around and, and do the sweeps, just busting people everywhere. So the vans would be totally full. Yes, completely full. So, you know, I get arrested, go to, to the tombs. I was in the tombs. 
I'm in my rollerblade boots the whole time. Lightning TRS fucking the the the, the booties. Mind this, as soon as I get into jail, people are like, yo, what the fuck are those? Like, I'm probably the, I'm probably the, the reason why they came up with, what are those? Like, <laughs> what are those? Right. I'm with these, like, space-looking boots, you know? That that was, you know, definitely some legendary shit, bro. How long did you have to be in there for? So I was on, I was in the tombs for, like, I, I say a month, and then I You was, were in the tombs for a month? Yeah, and then... Um, I, just, I didn't even know they kept so, people okay, in there so that long. Okay, so check this out. So while I was in the tombs, right? I meet this kid. I, I saw this kid with like, like he had leopard print hair. Like he had the fucking, you know, yeah. you know the raver yeah. shit. And he had big jeans. And I was like, yo, I was like, yo, my man, what's up with your jeans, bro? And like, I, mind this, I'm still in my boots. Cause I, for some reason, my sister tried to bring me sneakers. Every sneaker she tried to get in, they wouldn't let him in. And they didn't have like the Patakis, the, the sneakers or whatever the fuck they were called. So I'm like in these booties this whole time. But then this is kid with fucking, he got raver jeans on. I never seen anybody with raver jeans at that time. I was like, yo, my man, what's up with your jeans? He's like, yo, I'm a fucking raver. And I was like, what the fuck is a raver? He was like, yo, we go to raves, man, like big ass parties. He starts explaining to me what a raves. And I was like, that's a, that sounds crazy. Hey, hold on, let me write he's this like, down. Yeah, and he was like, he's like, yeah, man, I fucking be doing ecstasy and special K. And I was like, what the fuck is ecstasy and special K? So he starts explaining it to me. He was like, yo, I can make a lot of, I can make you a lot of money if you wanna, you wanna link up with me when we get come home. And then he was like, yeah, I'll be breakdancing. I was like, wait, 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 you breakdance? And he was like, yeah, I was like, let me see what you could do. Was and he nice? This kid started busting out windmills in raver jeans on in the fucking tombs, bro. And I'm like, all right, this this kid blew my mind. Like, all right, all right, he's not bullshit. He can fucking breakdance. All right. So I'm like, okay, he 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 sparked my interest. And he was telling me that he has connects for ecstasy, that, that he can get a special care. And I was like, yo, when I come home, I got money I'm coming home to. Like, cause I had a lawsuit at the time that I was gonna and I was gonna get the money when what I What was the lawsuit for? I got hit by a car on 28th Street when I was like a little kid. And the money was coming in while I was in jail. Perfect so, timing. So perfect, perfect. So I told, I'm telling timing. this kid, I'm like, yo, when I come home, I got money like I could play with. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if you got the connects and you 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 wanna run with me. We can make some money. He was like, yo, just meet me at Washington Square Park. Ask for Hanky Panky. That was his name, Hanky Panky, right? So I fucking, I ended up going to Rikers Island, right? And then- um, How bad was that? I mean, it wasn't, honestly, bro, I had one fight while I was there. You know what I'm saying? I got my nose broke by some big ass Mexican dude over, over TV. Like, What over, did you want to watch? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to watch 90210, right? Believe it or not. And what did he want to watch? And he was fucking changing the channel to some Spanish shit. And I was like, nah, bro. Like, I fucking changed it. And then he changed it. And then everybody starts surrounding the fucking room. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm about to pop off on this motherfucker. <laughs> so I just I just started swinging. Like, you know, and mind this, like, I, I'm thinking, like, fuck, I'm going to knock him out. Because I used to be used to, like, I, I try to go for the one hit or quitter. And this dude was not falling. Like he, he fucking grabbed me and like crossed my head. He didn't punch me. He didn't break my nose by punching it. He put me in a headlock and my nose popped while he was squeezing oh my, my head. Oh my God. And I'm fucking just like and bleeding. Then I, and then the cops broke it up. We 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 both got tickets and we was getting sent to the to the box. So mind this, at the time, my sister had raised the bail money. She got the bail money from some kid that she met in front of my building. That I actually that he moved to my neighborhood, but he was from another neighborhood, and I saved him from getting jumped by my hood. So he hooked it up, and he and he was like, "Oh, that's your brother." 
He was like, yo, I know him. He saved me from getting jumped downtown. And he was like, yo, you know what? Yo, I got the bread. Because my boy Joe at the time, rest in peace now, at the time Joe had a lawsuit too and he had bread. So he ended up bailing me out with uh, with some money that my, my, my girlfriend at the time, her mom had put some money up too. My sister went to go pick that up. So they got me out of jail, right? I come home. I go to the fucking bank. You know what I'm saying? My mother signed the, sh- the papers. I get like, you know, t- almost 20 grand or some shit like that. And I started going to work, fucking spurging. I went straight to Macy's. Did you find Hanky Panky? I did find Hanky Panky. Yes, I did. But I remember like, I, I, I went shopping first. Before I did, did anything. Did you buy big jeans? I, I paid back my, my ex-girlfriend's mother. I went to her house, right? And her mother, her mother sat down. She was like, I, I need to tell you something. And I was like, what is it? And she was like, you're, you're no longer allowed to date my daughter. And like, that shit crushed me. Like that, that really fucking crushed me at the time. And it was like, that was like something that hit me in a depression part. Even though I was like, yeah, I got money and this and that. It was like my fucking high school sweetheart. I wasn't allowed to be with anymore. Right. Crushing blow. Yeah. So whatever. I went shopping, bought a bunch of polo, bought polo off of fucking cats that I know that stole. Like I was getting my gear up, fucking gold chain, got my gold chain out. Like I, I was chilling. Like I was doing, you know, feeling like I was living it up. You were living it up. Yeah. So did you buy the I big to, You didn't buy the big jeans? No. Okay. No, not at the time. No. So I, I ended up going to Washington Square Park and I was like, let me see if I can find this kid. Sure enough, Hanky Panky was in the fucking park with Just, a bunch of ravers. And I was like, yo, what's up, bro? I was like, yo, what's up? Let's make some money. And he was like, all right, cool. He ended up getting a bunch of special K. Did you ever right? take it? I ended up taking it like after a while. Like, I, like it was like, cause I was already, I already started doing coke. You know, like little bumps and shit. And then um, I started getting sick of Coke. Like, I, I didn't like Coke. Coke was just like making me feel like I was like in a in a, in a turtle shell. Like I was, I, the, the first time I did it was like, woo! Like, I wanted to fucking dance. It was at Club Essos in Midtown. And I remember I was with my girlfriend. We both did it for the first time together. She 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 was like, yo, why don't we try? I, w- I want to try Coke. And I was like, nah. I was like, hell no. And she was like, well... If I don't try it now, I'm gonna do it when I go to college anyway. And I was like, I was so in love with her at the time. You didn't want like, her doing coke with somebody else. I was like, yeah, I, it was so fucking stupid. If, if I could turn back the hands of time, that would have been the day when I'd be like, nah, I'm good. That's the one like, regret that out was, of all that this was, stuff. That, that was that, that's that's along with the acid. The right. Two things that I regret the most was those two those two moments in my life. When you took the coke, did it did it affect you? Oh, it fucking it felt good. Like I fucking went and and we we went to Club Essos together. Like fucking did it, and then I was feeling like I was on top of the world, and I even danced with some other girls. She was standing there. I come back and she's crying because I went to the bathroom. And on my way to the bathroom, I ended up dancing with like two girls. She she watched me from on top of Essos, like, and she was like standing there. And then I get up and, and I was like, "What's the matter? Why are you crying?" She was like, "I saw you dancing with two other girls," and I was like, "Yo, I'm sorry." I was like, "Yo, I'm fucking coked up. Like, <laughs> shit got, it's just hit me crazy." Right. It's so whatever. I, I got locked up after that, right? After doing the coke for the first time with her and, and whatever. And when I came home and her mother said that I can't be with her, it was like that shit hit me. Like, damn, I wanted this girl so much before I got with her that like she was everything to me at the time. And when I that was taken away from me, I was just like, no fucking way. I, I was like depressed. Like, do you think? I, I, do you I'm think miserable. that when that happened, you were like, "Fuck it, I'm not gonna live. The, I'm not gonna have the life I want." So now I'm gonna have this fucked up life. Yeah, no. So, so I, I started like not giving a fuck about anything, and I started doing coke, like with with my customers. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I would chill with some of my customers that we doing. They'd be like, yo, you want to do something? And I'd be like, eh, yeah, fuck it, yo. I'll sit here with you. you know? And then I end up all night doing coke with my customers. So I started becoming a, a drug addict with them. And then I started getting tired of doing fucking coke. Like, I was like, yo, this shit is fucking horrible, bro. Like, I don't feel good. Like, this is not like that fucking time at Esso's when I was dancing. Like, I'm not having a good time. So my boy was like, yo, why don't you just fucking do some special K one day? What had a fucking rave. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Did a bump of K. I was like in a fucking K hole. What'd you think of that? I felt better than I did. No, K felt good. When I was doing Coke, it felt better because it was like numbing out, spaced me the fuck out. Loose. I was like, all right, this is kind of, you know. Did you do a lot of K? A lot of K? I did a lot of K for two years. Okay. Yeah. Like we was, and I was getting it when it was like fucking ketamine, when it was in the straight out of the chemist. When it was in the yellow box, right? Plastic wrapped up. I, I ended up getting like a, a ill connect, like because some one of my boys had said some stupid shit to some girl, like, yo, I heard you, I heard you fuck mad good, like to this girl. That's and, always a good yeah, thing. As opposed girl, to, yo, I heard he I heard you're terrible girl, at yeah, fucking. He said to some girl named Kit Kat, right? And and we was in front of vinyl, I think, downtown by uh by I, I think there was the Holland Tunnel, like right when you get out. Mm-hmm. There used to be a club, I think it was called Vinyl. It used to be Nassau, I think. I just remember like my boy saying that outside the club and I looked at him and I slapped him. It's my boy Vinny and I know if he's going to probably hear this shit too. I got mad love for Vinny. But Vinny from the Bronx. Shout out to Vinny. Slapped the shit out of Vinny and I'm like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you, bro? How are you going to say some shit like that? You blowing up you blowing up my man Orlando's spot. Rest in peace. So Kit Kat at the time, and I'm not going to say you know who her man was. He was a connect at the time. He, I get a phone call from him and he's like, yo, is this Cowboy? And I was like, yeah, what's up? And he was like, yo, this is blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, what's good? I knew his name. I just didn't know him. He was like, yo, I want you to come meet me. And I was like, okay. He's like, yo, if you got, if you got any white girl, bring it. So I knew he, he wanted some coke. So I was like, I went to go meet the dude. I get up there and he was like, yo, listen, man. He was like, yo, I know you slapped your boy for Kit Kat. He was like, you know, I just want to, you know, say thank you. That's my girl. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, I, I, I do that for any girl, you know, whatever. Captain Hero is Captain Saberho. That's Save-A-Ho. nice. Captain Saberho. Right. But he was like, yo, listen, man. He was like, I know you be making money with the with the Coke. He was like, yo, if you want to make money with, with Special K, I know you be getting some customers. He was like, I'll give you the, the, the best price. Started giving me them for like 10 bucks on, on a lick. You know, like I was getting, and then I was like, oh shit, now I can sell the fucking 144 lakes a case of K. So, so how started, much did you make off? How, how explain that to me because I'm slow. All right. So special K back in the nineties, I remember that like retail, like say if you was just like a regular customer and you wanted to buy licks, which was like the case, it was the the valve, right? It was like the the injection bottle. Right, right, right. A sealed label will be um they, they used to be go street value was forty dollars. That person, whoever buys that, they will like cook it up and then turn it into the you can turn it into two forty jars. Right. Or you can make, you know, I don't know if you if you make bags, but everybody was into getting vowels, like these little forty jars, right? I did very little ketamine, so this yeah, is good I mean, education is, for me. You know what's crazy, man? It's, it's, it's big right now. I think. Well, they're also selling of, it for depression. All I think over a the lot place. of people are doing it right now. I, I think it's, it's getting crazy, but at the time, I know that it was like straight out the fucking legit ketamine vial from the source and it was crazy crazy gay thing here too in this neighborhood tons of gay people were taking ketamine like it was the it was the club thing well they were doing yeah i mean so 
Or am I, be, I confusing? I be, with, I'm confusing with meth. No, right? you're thinking of meth. Yeah. Meth is like yeah, yeah. in the gay community. Yeah, yeah. But ketamine was a big club thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, ketamine too. Like you know, in in all types of communities except for the hood. Right. I was the first person to you bring were the that only- shit to the projects and be like, "Yo, check this shit out." Like, you ever heard of this? And like, I had some of the homies from Chelsea Projects, like fucking Trash K. I even bought Ecstasy. I'm the first person to bring Ecstasy to Chelsea in the projects. No one even heard of that shit. Then we had you're like, like a yeah, pioneer. Like, yeah, everybody started selling ecstasy and fake ecstasy in front of fucking Twilo. Like I'm the one who put everybody up on to that shit from my projects. Like nobody in my in my projects even knew about that shit before. Because you can make a lot of money from it. Yeah, so there, there was there was money. Like we we started, you know, we we were going in front in front of the clubs and we just like sell pills outside the club. We'll, and then we'll we'll make after we sell like you know a bunch of real shit. Then we'll start selling fake shit at the end of the night. You know, because you already had the good rap. Because they're, yeah, people were already like feeling like, oh, damn, they sold me some good shit before we got in the club. When they're leaving the club, now they get, they want to get some more. They see us there and then we sell them the fake shit. Yeah, that's and right. And boom, and we triple up, you know? But like, I was never, <laughs> I never stuck around to like always do that. Like, I was always on the move. Like, I never liked to stay in one place. I was always like, all right, yo, I got shit to do. I'm trying to go uptown. I'm going to Bronx. I'm going to Brooklyn, Queens, like going to Jersey. And how how was your addiction at that point? Like you're drink, you're still I drinking. Mean, I was a lot. doing I was doing K. My objective was always to make money. I always just wanted to make money. But like being that I was chilling with certain people, like they were doing drugs, and I'm like, all right, fuck it, I'm gonna do drugs with them, you know. But I always was like, yo, I'm trying to make I'm trying to make bread. Like I'm trying to fucking travel, like and go around the United States. We used to go to raves, fucking Philly, D.C., all types of places, man. I've been to. We was going to raise in, in uh um did you like the scene? I mean, it was fun. Sure. The suit was mad fun and it was dangerous at the same time. It was like, yo, we're gonna fucking listen to crazy ass music, make money in a club, make like, yo, in one night, you can make like five thousand dollars, bro. Crazy. Easy. Right. In a rave. Like that's one fucking night. And you're like, people the don't make that in attention. a week selling drugs in the project. But you're like the man at the rave. It's yeah. exciting. Yeah. I mean, but granted, you want to like. Did you, you wear a cowboy? You want to go in? No. Nah, nah. Do people like there's nah, the cowboy? Nah, nah. People knew me. Uh, I came off. <laughs> I came off in a documentary. Uh, better living through circuitry. I like how you're disgusted when I ask you if you wore a cowboy. <laughs> nah, nah. I would never wear a cowboy. I mean, I you know top hats. You know that. I know, you know that. Fedoras yeah. and shit. Yeah. But I, I I think cowboy hats look ridiculous unless you're from fucking Texas. You know, Texas. Yeah, so yeah, you, you actually ride a cow a, a horse. I actually did ride a horse for the first time. Well, not the first time, but like the first time as an adult in Colorado. Yeah. True cowboy yes, experience. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a nice experience, man. I, I I think it was like getting in touch with nature and shit, you know? Totally. When when do you think alcoholism and addiction became a thing? I mean, I, th- I think, you know, cause the alcohol was like when I was a, a teenager, a young teenager. But did you stick with you the whole, whole way through? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. And so, okay, like when, when I was 18, when I started going to raves and started doing drugs more and I, I tried ecstasy and masculine, you know, I was, I was experimenting with drugs, but I would never smoke weed because I knew that that was like my fucking kryptonite. That it's is so my, funny. That is my kryptonite. I feel like you smoked weed with me, though. No, everyone does. That, that's that's like just didn't everyone happen. swears they smoked weed with me. Right. Because they smoke weed next to you. It's impossible because if I don't smoke weed for the past fucking 30 years, 30 years right. like you could not have smoked with me. But everyone thinks that they smoke weed with me. But I, Well, I'm sure what happened with me is you sat in my apartment and I smoked weed. You, you smoked weed in front of me. Yeah. I, I, like, I would always like, whenever people smoke around me, I always kind of like, 
because you're scared shirt, of. I put my shirt over. It's man. really interesting though that you could take ecstasy and mescaline, and even ketamine is pretty psychedelic, yeah. and yeah. none of those trigger anything. No, it's, it's just something about I think the smoke. I think it's the smoke that pulls it up. I don't, you know, it's, it's going through your respiratory system. It's, it's pulling something out. What made you want to get sober then? Well, so back to the 90s, uh, I'd say, so 90, 90, 96, 95, 96, 97, I started getting a paranoia, like fucking like really bad, like anxiety, paranoia, but like panic attacks, like bad. And, and I would fucking completely flip out, like, and think that like I was going to get killed. I would think that the FBI was after me. And you know, not for nothing, bro. Like they could have been. I feel like I feel like I've dodged that bullet a few times because of my paranoia telling me something. I feel like it really was like going like it was really happening. You know the old expression, right? Yeah. Uh, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but th- there's people who definitely I've seen I've seen people go down. And I just like got out of shit just in time. You know what I'm saying? Like I was high to the point, bro, smoke dust, fucking uh, ex- like a couple of pills of ecstasy, uh, coke, just all in one night at raves. You're doing everything. It's like a cocktail. You're, you're like doing every drug that's that's available. You know what I'm saying? After I, I would do this after I made all the money. Like I'll make like two, three thousand dollars I'm like, I tuck my money into my underwears. Like, so, you know, I'll go to the bathroom, fix all my money, tuck it all into my, all right, now it's time to get high. Like, and let's go to a fucking hotel, bring back some girls. Like, that that was like the daily rave life, you know what I'm saying? We used to go to Concord Jungle. I used to do that shit there. Actually, Concord Jungle was the first place I did a, a hit of ecstasy with my homegirl Fatima. We both like, we was like, yo, you wanna drop ecstasy? And she's like, fuck it. I was like, all right, let's do it. Where was that party? Uh, that was on St. Mark's. Yeah. Concord Jungle. I never did anything. I swear, I never, I barely left my apartment. You was a homebody drug addict? Yeah, big time. Unless I was working, because I would do those shows, like the shows that I showed you, I would go out to work, and I, I actually was a private eye in the tunnel and the limelight, like in some weird fucking job. But no, I never went out for, I, I rarely went out for fun. I just Damn. wanted to stay home and get high. Yeah, I mean, shit, dude, we, dude, I, I, went to a, I went to a rave in Great Adventure. I think it was called Day at the Park. Like everyone's on drugs at Great Adventure while families are fucking walking around. We got ravers bugging the fuck out, like on the rise. You like, were in the in the mix, the yeah, whole yeah, rave I mean, I, scene. Dude, it was it was crazy. Making so, a ton of money. Going to Club Tunnel, the tunnel, limelight, fucking oh man. There were so many clubs, bro. It, it, it was a crazy time, man. And having having those connects it was like you you was making so much money. You're like a then. fucking superhero with the connect. Yeah, like with that kind of, and fucking- I had the coconuts too. So I was bringing the coke to the to the rave scene, and I was getting good coke from from uptown because I, I had the uptown connects, you know. So when did it start to go bad? When I started getting fucked up. When I was getting too fucked up, and paranoia started kicking in, and I was just feeling like there was times where I felt suicidal, bro. Like I was bugging out so hard on drugs that I felt like the only way to stop it was to jump in front of a fucking truck or some shit, you know. And I was just like, you know what? No, man, I'm I'm not killing myself. There's no fucking way. And um, I remember like just trying to find God at that time. You know what I'm saying? Like, and just going back to God actually, like, cause I grew up I grew up in a in a church setting. Honestly, man, I, I believe that's 100 percent why like I was able to get out of it. So did you feel like you were a total drug addict? You're paranoid. You're bugged out. You're making a shitload of money. Like, 
how hard was it to bail on making money like that and the status Dude, and I, the fun? Check this shit out, bro. You will not fucking believe it. I took a cab one day to Washington Square Park with a knot of money, with right. all the money that I had. And I put all my clothes in it. And, and there's a lot of people that can vouch for this shit because to this day, like I've had people say that they were in Washington Square Park that day. Oh God. I fucking gave away all my polo. Hold and on. Tommy and your money? And the knot of money I gave to the cab driver and said, yo, keep this shit. And the cab driver cried and he was just like, are you serious? And I was like, yo, just keep it. Cause like, I felt like God told me to do this. Like to give away everything and to start from scratch. Do you remember like a bottom, like an inciting moment where you were like I mean the bottom was me me about to kill myself, like jump in front of a truck. That was that was a bottom at that time. It's gotta be a big bottom. Yeah. Um, and then and then and then I was just like, I need my I need my mind back. And I remember going back like that 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 happened on my way back from a rave from Philly. I jumped off the bus and I was like in the middle of wherever the fuck the highway was. It was like a snowy day and I was in the cold and I felt like I was going to get killed or like the FBI was after me. And I remember like like being in a field and I was going to jump in front of a truck, right? Because I felt all these voices were telling me to do shit in my head. And then I was like, no. I was like, this is not really happening. This is the fucking This drugs. is drug-induced psychosis. I was like, I started praying to God and I was like, I need you to take take over my mind and do not let me do anything to harm myself. And if there is someone out to hurt me, protect me from them. And I was like, I need your help. I can't do this no more. And I remember like getting through it, right? Why'd you give all your clothes away? I felt like I just needed to start over. Like it didn't belong to me. Nothing belonged to me. The money didn't belong to me. The clothes didn't belong to me. I needed to start straight from scratch. Did you get help from anybody? Um, so, all right. so that whole time I was on probation. And I was just MIA. I was uh, I, I didn't report to my my probation officer for for like a year. You know what I'm saying? So when I went back to my PO, I was like, "Hey, I, I have a drug problem." You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and you know, I wanna I wanna get my life together. You know? And my PO was just like, "Well, you know, I should be sending you to jail right now." And I was just like, "I just need help." You know? I was like, "I don't have a place to live. I'm trying to stay in my sister's house." I was like, "I, I just you know, I just want to get my life together. I want to get a job." Like, I'm done with, like, the streets, you know? And then my PO was like, okay, well, you need to send me the address where you're going to be staying at? And she was like, and you need to get a job. And she was like, and this is the drug program you're going to go to. And then she gave me the drug program that I was supposed to go to. And I started going to a drug program. Where was that? Um, If I could remember. Bedford Israel, maybe, I think. I think it was Bedford Israel Hospital. I did a, did a year outpatient program there. Was it helpful? It was helpful. You didn't use, but the th the funny thing is, I was convinced that I was already done with drugs. Like I like you I, didn't need the problem because I was going. To, I was going to church. Like I started going back to church. Was um, that when you got sober? Yeah, and you stayed sober. Yeah, I stayed sober for for a couple of years at the, at the very least. I relapsed again after that, but like it was never. I never relapsed and started using drugs the way I did. Like I, I relapsed on ecstasy, but like I would do a pill like once every month. You know what I mean? And then I and then I completely stopped that after like a year. What made you stop? What made you stop again? What made me stop again? Oh, I got stabbed. <laughs> that put a fucking stop to everything. I got stabbed in North Carolina. Were you dealing then? Yeah. Were you dealing sober? Yeah. Because you needed the money. No, because I wanted the money. Like, I, I had a job. I was working for Banana Republic at the time. I had a decent job. Yeah, I was working for Banana Republic. And then, my, like, one of my homies was working with me. And um, 
he had the pill connect. He would tell me like, yo, I got, I can get, I can get ecstasy for mad cheap. And I was like, nah, I ain't fucking around no more. And one day I was with my, my, my cousin that rollerblades and he was with his homie. And I heard his homie talking on the phone, but he didn't say nothing about drugs. All I heard was like some numbers. Right. And I, and, and I figured those numbers were about ecstasy. Cause like, I, I like, I could tell that's the way your brain works. And I was like, I was like, yo, I tapped him on the shoulder and I was like, yo, hang up the phone. He was like, I was like, just hang it up. And I was like, yo, you trying to get E? He's like, yeah. And I was like, yo, I got you. Like the the clocks work in my fucking brain like that. I was like, yo, I got you, bro. Like, cause I heard the prices he was saying. He was talking about like, you know, 14 on a hundred. I was like, I can get them shits for fucking eight dollars, like seven dollars, my boy was selling me. And and that's when I started selling drugs again. And Hanky Panky was out of the picture. Oh, been out of the picture, bro. It's so funny, ecstasy prices, eight, 10, 12, 14, Dude, I, 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 at the lowest, bro, I was getting them for $3. Wow, you can make a lot of money. And I was getting them by the thousands. Like, When did you stop selling? Well, I stopped, started, stopped, started. Even like the last time I sold drugs was 2016. Like I, like I went back to-, to But that's a, that's a bit ago. I would go back on, uh, yeah, like I, I told myself I'm done. Like What happened in 2016 time, though? Well, I went to Puerto Rico to sober up. And uh, in 2016, to help my mother out with my, my dad, because he was uh, he was slowly losing it from Alzheimer's. Yeah. You know, I was doing drugs from like 2012 to 2013. Uh, I, I relapsed in 2011 to 2016. I was doing drugs. I was doing coke. Everything. Like, nah, more, just mostly coke and drinking a hell of a fucking beer. I was living like a rock star, like an art rock star this time. Like, that's how I felt. Like, I was like, I'm an artist. I'm a fucking rock star. Like, when did the art come in? I've always did art I've the always, whole way through. I mean, yeah. I mean, since uh, since I did graffiti my whole life, like since I was twelve. What did you write right? back then? I went from I was JS, I was Monk, Word, Twenty Six, Cowboy. I threw that up for a couple of years. Then I, two thousand two, I started writing up words, and then from words to No Sleep to Say No. So I have multiple multiple tags. And what was the artist rock star business like? I mean, fun. <laughs> but what made you feel like that? Like, what about your art? Because I didn't want to sell drugs. I didn't want to be a drug dealer no more. So I was like, I'd rather sell art than fucking drugs. It's like sell, selling art felt like, I feel like sell, selling art felt like a robbery, a good robbery. Because it's what you do. It's like, you, you fucking, Where would you, sell you make art? a painting, you sell that one painting and you feel like you just came up on a fucking, on a, on a, on a jokes. Like, you know, on like, a what? On a jokes, like you rob somebody. But What's like it, a jokes or a jokes? A jokes. I never even heard that. Yeah, like if you jokes somebody. I don't I don't even know where the word jokes comes this from. This is great. I'm learning a lot of stuff. So when did you start selling art and where did you start selling art? Uh okay, so I started selling art in two thousand three. On the street? On the street. Where downtown? Um, at the at the flea market on twenty right here on twenty fifth street. That was the first time I sold art. Was by Sixth Avenue. That's no Eighth Avenue. There was one on Eighth Avenue as well, right across from. Those days were so. You sweet. know the parking lot on Twenty Fifth Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there was a oh, flea market there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, very yeah. short-lived flea market, but. Um, Those were good days. One the day flea I was like, in Chelsea. One day I was like, "Yo, uh, yeah, I would like to sell some artwork, you know, and some vintage clothing and shit." The guy was like, "Yeah," I was like, "Do I do I need anything?" I'm like, you got a tax ID? I was like. I can get one, you know? And then I just filed out, got my tax ID, and then the guy let me, you know, I rented a table. So I, I started selling trucker hats and, and some little small canvases, doing graffiti on pants and shit. 
yeah, we'll do that time to time. But then, you know, I started hustling and I was like, I'm not going to do that no more, you know? Did I'm you like, ever sell drugs at the do table? Art. No, 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 hell no. It wasn't stupid. Keep that shit separate. <laughs> I, did, I did it in Soho before. <laughs> I, like, I, I would bring a couple bags of coke or some weed to Soho with me and like sell art and, and bar and shit. Because there's a lot of people selling art in Soho like that. Yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I've sold, listen, I, I used to like kind of try to keep it separate, man. Like I just didn't want to mix my selling drugs and art. I, although like there's been times where like, like I've did drugs with like art clients and then they'll be like, yo, can you get this and that? And I used to be like, yeah, I can get it. You know, because I always had the connects. My, my connects never disappeared. Like I, I could start selling drugs today if I wanted to. And have all the connects that I've I've had. When's the last time you were in touch with those guys? I mean, I'm still I'm I'm friends with like, you know, I, I grew up with guys that are connects. And, but it's not a thing. And, for and you. they're still homies. You know right. what I'm saying? Like I, they're still like my brothers. You know. But there's I no just, temptation or anything. No, no. I I I honestly never sell drugs again. And when I'm you when when you st when did you start calling it Sano? Two years before I stopped doing drugs. Why did you use Sano? Because I was trying to manifest that. Like I, what? I figured, Explain that. I, I, I just started writing say no, like on walls. Like old school and say no like, to drugs. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, also mixed with uh, John Michelle Basquiat, say no. 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 Not, not, not at all. Not even. <laughs> but but it it's definitely sounds like a, yeah. a very similar, yeah. a similar thing. But no, I, I, I wrote say no because I wanted to say no. Like I, want, I wanted that shit like bad. And, and I was like trying to manifest it when I first started trying to get sober back in 2014. But it wasn't until two years later that I actually finally was like, all right, I'm fucking done. And I just stopped. I got, I got high in Puerto Rico with my sister. We got real fucked up. You had the laughing tabs? Nah, I did a, <laughs> I did a fucking gram of coke like, by myself. Oh, yeah, yeah. Went to Santurce. Fucking ended up meeting up with some Rough Riders from Puerto Rico. We was kicking with them. And then we're like, yo, we're going to our clubhouse. We ended up, we ended up going to some Rough Riders uh, clubhouse and PR. What makes somebody a Rough Rider, though? They're like motorcycle. It's like a motorcycle like, like the DMX crew gang. Or, I don't know. I'm not going to say gang. I don't know. I got it. I got it. I get it. They're a crew. I don't know. <laughs> like, that's their deal. You know what I'm saying? But it's good for me just to, to define all this shit. Just no, the Rough Riders, like fucking yeah, yeah. DMX's yeah, yeah, DM people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're like a motorcycle <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Like, group. Like. But they were cool, you know, and and, and I, I did my last Barry Yak. I was in Puerto Rico, my mo mother's crib upstairs, and I was like, yo, why am I doing cocaine in my mother's house in Puerto Rico? I fucking, I just, I put it down, and I was like, I'm, I'm never doing this shit again. And that was it. I didn't drink after that. I didn't fucking- Did you go to meetings? No. Never? No. I feel like when we talked, you told if me I you did, did. If I did go to meetings, I went to maybe two for my boy, Greg Nall who passed away recently, he, he asked me to come and I went with him, but it wasn't for me. It's just not. And when did No Sleep come about? Well, No Sleep was when when I was like getting fucked up, um, when I was just drinking all night. Like when I came home from jail and I, like, I got off of parole and I started bombing my character and shit. Where did the character come from? Character came from me wearing a top hat on, on New Year's of 2010 and I was like. Were you tripping? No. On ecstasy, I mean? No, no, just drinking. So where did you get the top hat? I found the top hat in my loft during a New Year's party on 2010. And I was like, I looked in the mirror and I was like, yo, I'm fucking wearing this hat. Like, this is, this is official. And then I used to do my character with a fedora on. I just switched it from a fedora to a top hat. And the character's kind of like this Phantom of the Opera kind of style. Yeah. Kind of like, describe it. Well, 
the I'm going to put it in the Dopey logo for, yeah, you, yeah, for yeah. the show. My, my character, well, I have a character with the top hat and the sunglasses. That's the original one when I first started doing it. Who is he in your mind? He's me. He's me. It's, it's, it's my self-reflection. And then when it has a skull, it's like just wearing a mask over my face. It's wearing a, a sugar skull mask over my face. Right. So it's like, and, and then the, the scarf is just like, it's a scarf to cover up my face, like my identity, which I don't really cover up my identity anymore. Why'd like, you stop covering up the identity? I just, I'm fucking lazy. And also <laughs> people aren't coming after you. Is, and also graffiti has become way more respected too. I mean, that, that has nothing to do with it, man. I got, I got sometimes uh, somebody will come up to me if I went over this shit and they'll be like, yo, you, you went over me, but i be like, yo, I didn't, I didn't mean to like, you know, Disrespect. I mean to disrespect. I just, you know, I did take that spot and my bad if if you felt a certain way. I don't I don't try to like deliberately like disrespect people's shit. But sometimes like I really want a spot and I'll take it, you know. I think we have to find but a I spot to, like, for the dopey. I would try to respectfully cover the whole shit, you know. But there's there's times where like people they recognize your face because your shit's on online. They you know, and I start get shit for it sometimes. How often did you go bombing all fucked up? Uh, all the time. Do you have a good story from then? There's not that many good stories of me getting fucked up. Because when I was getting fucked up, my shit looked really sloppy. You can actually tell when when I used to get fucked up. I used to write my tags and it was very squiggly. Like really squiggly. Because you were all sharp. From 2013 to 16, there's a lot of those. If you, if you ever run into those tags, they're like really squiggly. My, my characters are really messy looking, like wild. You know, it's like no, there's no control, you know? I mean, like, I don't remember seeing that character so much yeah. as I've seen it lately. No. Are you going harder now than you did then? Oh, I, I definitely go way harder sober than I did getting get fucked up. And then where's where's the career now? I know you were learning to tattoo, and I know you've got this the, the studio, and I know you're you're selling a ton of art. Yeah. So what's up with the career now? I mean, it's uh, just going, you know, just trying to do some shit. It's funny because my my, my character just came off in um, Blue Bloods. Oh yeah, came off in an episode, but they they covered my character like they digitally blacked out the face of my character. But the thing is, they why made, they made it into my shadow, so it's still my shit. That's cool. So like, even though they blacked out my face, you remember? My you remember the story. old shadow people? Around the city, they would like yeah, have, Shadow Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, Shadow Man. Um, I don't know, but it was cool. They were everywhere. Yeah, that's uh, that was a cool fucking piece too. That's he, one, he can't be around anymore. No, he 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 passed away. He died of. Uh, all right, don't quote me on this, but I believe I know through other people that he was a heroin addict. The Shadow guy was the Shadow Man. Yes, that's um, interesting. You know, I told you I I paid that dude Hectad to do a dopey piece on first street okay. so he put it up on first street on uh on this garage door and then they're shooting a tv show there and they fucking painted over it and oh, wow. uh, and now it's gone and now we need to do a piece i, I know her time uh, he's a piece of work yeah we're cool guy. we're cool okay we're cool good That's, yeah we're cool people he's, he's, he's cool with me <laughs> i hear you um he but he like uh he did a dopey piece it got covered we need to do an optimo dopey piece. yeah let me know because we have roots you yeah. and i go way back i just wanted to pull off the name out of respect i feel like those were the, the days the shadow, shadow man was uh, uh richard hamilton okay when i was younger that was like one of the first like street art images that i remembered who are your favorite artists my favorite artist graffiti um, artists oh graffiti or artists. any artist 
Who did you like that that was getting up in New York when you were growing as a kid? Yeah. I mean, well, so when obviously I remember Keith Haring because sure. uh, I used to go to the village a lot. The Keith Haring mural that was in the Le Carmine pool, Leroy's pool. What's the guy's name? That L.A. Two, you know that guy, the guy who he was like L.A. Rock. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, I, I met L.A. Rock before, but um, he was from the Lower East Side, so I didn't really know his work. But Shadow Man, I remember seeing those. They were creepy to me when I was a kid, though. It wasn't like they were scary. It wasn't appealing to me. It was like more like, oh, that's kind of scary. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What is that? And oh, that's just like paint on the wall. What about like Saint Smith? Sane is the one. Well, I he went to my the, high school, Sane, I think. Oh, yes? Yeah. So Sane, Sane, the first blockbuster that I've seen, Sane, I mentioned that in, in a documentary recently, actually. They were like asking asking questions about the first things that we've seen. And Sane was the first thing that I've I seen as a stomper. But um, Wolf One, Wolf One, and I, I believe, I'm not, I might be wrong, but I think that Wolf One was from Chelsea somewhere. But he was like one of my first influences as letter 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 piecing style wise. Okay, like that, like he was one of the first because he was in every parking lot, like in in Chelsea, and I'm I'm pretty sure more than just in Chelsea, like in the Vale, like everywhere. Um, Do you feel at home in an apartment in, in in these in these buildings? Like, is it nice to be back in here? Chelsea is always gonna be my. I, I feel like it's home base, even though I don't live here. It's Did, always, it's always gonna feel home base because I can walk out and 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 I'll know people that I, I've known for since I was a kid. Like, I, if, well, I go outside. I know people in this building. I know people. You see they shut down McDonald's? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, They're yeah. knocking I, all I, that shit that's down. That's why I used to do my birthday parties there when I was You a remember kid. that little park? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. All right. This is really cool. I'm glad. It took us like a year to do it. Yeah, man. I'm very glad Listen, you came through. I'm happy to be sober. I'm happy that you're sober. Me too. It's a beautiful thing. You know, we're both being productive in life, you know? Your work is sick. Isn't it crazy you thought I was dead? Yeah. I'm happy that you're alive, man. No, I was really happy to see that you was alive. And then for you to say that you were sober too, like that that really made my day. Like, you know, it, it's good to know other people who were messed up in life and they got it together, you know? It's you can't be a fuckable boy in your life. <laughs> you can be, but it's incredible that this happened. Yeah. It's incredible that we knew each other when yeah. we were all fucked up randomly, that you described me as perky yet cool and then fucking whatever 20 yeah. years later we're still cool yeah man well say no one day at a time all right optimo thank you for coming through this was amazing so there it is say no optimo classic dopey story finally getting told on the show from the horse's mouth and then his story which is even better so i, I and his work is incredible and he is everywhere in Manhattan. And uh, I think we are going to be doing a mural very, very soon. I'm very excited for that. Any kind of like, it's weird when you, it was like a different life. And yet sitting with him, I don't remember any conversation we had back in the day when I was using, but sitting with him, the vibe was, was right there. And he also came to DopeyCon, which was just the coolest. So let's give a huge uh, thank you to say no and check out his stuff and check him out on Instagram at Optimo NYC and uh and you'll and you'll experience uh what he's doing. And yeah, this was uh I don't know. Every episode of Dopey is incredibly joyful and um it all it all you know it hits me close. Hearing the voicemail from Sally hit me close, hearing from Say No Optimo hit me even closer because it's it's part of my own story and I love 
graffiti and I love just like, I don't know. I'm an emotional person. I've been very emotional lately. Ever since that Jeremy Jackson dopey fitness challenge and I'm drinking like drinking like 40 ounces of water a day and I'm peeing all fucking day. But I feel good. I feel good. I think that the water is working. Are you guys drinking more water? Are you doing all that stuff? Uh, we got to get Jeremy Jackson back on to, to continue the dopey fitness challenge. Uh, I have another voicemail I want to play before we go. It was uh, about New Year's and Christmas and stuff. So this is Matt. What's up, Dave, Dopey Nation? This is uh, Matt in Vero Beach, Florida again. Uh, I, I sent a voicemail about a month ago or around Thanksgiving. I don't know if you played it or not. I've listened to every episode since, but I don't know. Maybe I missed it. But anywho, I have another one. I was just listening to the Brandon Novak story. Um, and he was talking about, you know, living in a trap in Baltimore on Christmas and uh, that that reminded me of the week. It was actually probably nine years ago to the day, just about. It was the week in between Christmas and New Year's. Um, I had recently become homeless, and I was living in a basement apartment. It wasn't abandoned, but it like the upstairs was abandoned. But the basement apartment, the kid was renting it for like three hundred dollars a month from the owner of the building, and and I was living there. Uh, for free. I, I didn't have to pay $10 a night like Novak. It was in Troy, New York. And uh, I'd walk to the bus stop and just find a random dealer and ask him to front me. And then I just wouldn't pay him. That's how I would get high for a while until I started seeing the dealers around. I wasn't from Troy. So, you know, whatever. Burn as many bridges as I can. But I remember sitting out on the stoop the week leading up to Christmas and seeing people shopping with their families. And uh, it gives me knots in my stomach even thinking about it. And re I remember thinking to myself, uh, I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna be like them. Like I'm. I'm gonna probably die in this situation. Anyway, so Christmas had just passed. I was uh, pretty miserable, <clears throat> depressed. My family was living in Texas at the time, and I was living with a, my ex who had cheated on me. And you know, I got kicked out of her place, so I had to move to Troy. But me and this kid we were both sick, and we we're trying to scheme, trying to figure out how we can get well. And it was, it was cold out, and I remember he was like, this kid, Ryan, he was like, yo, what about, you know, Ryan? You know, we have a bunch of, uh, I have a bunch of these vitamin capsules, you know, it's brown powder. You know, I'm pretty sure it's water-soluble. Why don't we just beat him, give him, like, half a gram of this stuff and trade him for, like, a bunch of benzos, and then we can sell the benzos in Troy or trade him to a dealer for real dope. And I'm like, that sounds like a great idea, but who's going to do it? Uh, and he's like, you do it, because he knows where I live. He doesn't know that you live with me. I'm like, all right, so I'll meet him in an alleyway. So poor Ryan, bro. I still feel bad about this. He was on my amends list, but uh, I think he had passed away. I can't find him on Facebook or anything. So we um, we hit up Ryan. We're like, yo, meet us in Lansingburg in this alley, whatever. Like, we got a half grand. Would you trade? Like, I know he got a, a Xanax script. I'm like, will you trade, you know, like... 12 bars or whatever for uh you know this half gram of dope we got and he's like yeah, yeah yeah so we're going there and we i i meet out he has a new truck he, like he came for money but i'm like all right like I, it was dark out too which you know played in our favor because even though this powder was brown it still looked a little off we had it double bagged and plastic wrap and double knotted whatever like it would have taken 10 minutes just to open it so whatever 
we did that strategically and and um so i was like all right like uh i was like all right so i grabbed i grabbed the xanax and gave him the bag of dope and he looked at it i'm like all right bro i'll see you later happy new year and i i walked calmly to the around the corner of the alley and john was standing there the kid i was living with and we booked it ran as fast as we could back to the apartment and on the way back there was this old volvo and and we had, we were walking back to his apartment we had popped a couple of xanax at this point so i started getting the old xanax uh blackouts and uh i was like man what if we can't trade this stuff you know like uh you know we we need to come up with something else just as a backup plan for tomorrow like i'm i'm sick bro like i cannot be sick another day and i walk by this old volvo and it has a i see it has like an alpine radio in it and it, it, this is like what was it? it was probably like 2013 you know what i mean probably 2013 yeah yeah winter of 2013 nine years ago and uh so like this is a very 90s thing to do so um, you know, I told John, I'm like, yo, I did this, go into that Volvo and grab the radio. And I, I like did car. I knew, I know car audio pretty well, but he's like, yo, like, I don't know how to do that. This and that. I'm like, yo, go into the car, get the fucking radio. We'll go to a pawn shop. We'll sell it for like 40 bucks. We'll have enough for like to get well, at least, you know what I mean? And, and we have benzos to stack on top of it. Like we'll be, we'll, we'll feel good tomorrow. And, uh, he's like, all right, all right. So I, uh, I see he, the Volvo's doors were unlocked. It was like an old Volvo 240. And uh, I see him get the radio and, and he he runs back to me and it doesn't have the, the, the wire harness. He unclipped the wire harness from the back. So it's basically useless. And at that point, um, I'm pretty sure I, I it's kind of spotty, but I'm pretty sure the owner came out um, out of his apartment or whatever. So and it had started snowing at this point. So. Long story short, we ended up walking back to his house. The radio was useless because it didn't have the wire harness. There's no way for the pawn shop to test it. Uh, we had like $3 left. We stopped at a pizza place in Troy, got, split a piece of cheese pizza. Um, and it, it just, it sucked. Like it was just a bad night. And I remember um, when New Year's came around, um, God, the pit in my stomach just thinking about it. Like, I just miss my family so much. And I had made a decision at that point that I needed uh, I needed to stop. Like, or else this was going to end very badly for me. And I ended up going uh, up to Maine to a homeless shelter up there, a dry shelter that put you in, like, a like a, uh, a, treat, a state-run treatment center or whatever. And that's how my, my last story that I sent in came about, kind of full circle, how I wound up in Maine. Uh, and how that whole situation, so obviously I didn't stay sober. Um, but you know, I've collected a couple years here and there, you know, I had four years, went out, um, got two years, went out briefly, but somehow I've managed to not become homeless again. I'm a homeowner. I have a beautiful daughter. I'm coming up on a year again, thank God. And, uh, this time I, I just need to continue to work a program. That's my, that's how I stay sober is I just, I work a program, like without working a program, my behaviors get really shitty and I'm not the most desirable person. And, um, so yeah, but you know, let me get off my soapbox here. Quick shout out, shout out, shout out Fentanyl J, you know, big shout out Fentanyl J, big shout out Austin and Axel and the dopest fear, big shout out those guys, the goats, the, 
the Palm Beach Broward boys, you know what I'm saying? I'm Indian River now. I used to live in Palm Beach. Now I live in Indian River. Um, you know, but shout out the Palm Beach Broward boys. You know, I, I know I, I don't really know Scott that well, but I know he lives in Pompano, Broward. You know what I mean? Um, big shout out everyone in Broward, Palm Beach, St. Lucie, Martin, Indian River County, the whole Treasure Coast and the Palm Beaches. Um, you know what I mean? So and shout out Dave and, and toodles for Chris, man. Happy New Year 2023. It's going to be a crazy year. I'm on drug court right now. I'm getting off drug court in a couple months. 2023 is the year, bro. 2022, not so hot. You know what I mean? Um, 2022 is not so hot. I was on drug court all year and now I'm getting off and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working a program. I'm sponsoring guys and, and life's, life's good. My daughter's thriving. You know, I didn't lose my house. I didn't lose my job. I'm alive. I'm here and, and I'm listening to Dopey. So life's good. Happy new year. All right. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for all those crazy Florida shout-outs. And a nice shout-out to Fentanyl J as well. I just got a nasty note about Fentanyl J. Too negative for me to even read. But thank you, Matthew. You won Dopey Socks. Send me your address, and I will send you a beautiful pair of Dopey Socks. I'm realizing that the candles are so heavy, I don't think I want to ship them. I think that's going to be too expensive. Unless you're dying for a candle, you get Dopey Socks. Same with you, Sally, if you're still listening. Um, one last thing before we go, uh, our intern Claire had an idea for our website. Uh, we have an, uh, we, I don't know if you guys know we have a website, but we have a website. It's dopeypodcast.com, which if you're older, it's www.dopeypodcast.com. And Claire had an idea to set up a part of the page that's called the nation. And the nation is all stuff from you guys. So there's music, there's art, there's stories. And if you submit stuff to Dopey Podcast at dopeypodcast at gmail.com, like you can be on the nation on the page. So go to the website, check out the nation. Uh, it looks pretty good. Cloud, shout out to Claire and shout out to, of course, Howard Beach Bucksbaum, who put it together. And thank you, everybody. Thank you to the Facebook administrators, and thank you to fucking Cormac, wherever you are. If you're listening, are you out there sending a transmission? Do you receive transmission, Cormac? Thank you to the Birdman who had me on his podcast, Drug Stories. Thank you, Birdman. Shout out to Dante from, uh, from Detroit, not Dante Ross. Shout I mean, I love Dante Ross, but it sounds like Dante Ross. Shout out to Dante Ross also, who might be coming on the show sometime soon. Shout out to everybody in the Dopey Nation. Shout out to my dad, who's somewhere in Florida listening to this. And uh, he's going to Antarctica. We're going to have to have him call into the show before he travels to Antarctica, just in case. Just in case it's his final expedition. Anyway, thank you, everybody. Stay strong, Dopey Nation, and fucking toodles for Chris.